everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Mayday, mayday, mayday. That's the international distress call. It was invented, I read, in 1923, and it was fully adopted in 1927. In fact, it replaced SOS. Mayday, mayday, mayday. My father was in a mayday situation years ago. He was on a very expensive private plane with some pastors, because he pastors a church in, in Houston, and the plane had problems, serious problems. They crashed in a field right in front of this airport. They all walked away. It was a mayday situation. One of the planes in 9-11 that tragically crashed. If you read and hear and listen to what the pilot said, mayday, mayday, mayday. There's no telling how many times that phrase has been used in different theaters of battle. You're on the sea, maybe you're walking around on land, especially in the air, mayday, mayday, mayday. Maybe, maybe you're in a mayday. Maybe you're in a mayday situation right now. I, I'm sure in a crowd this size, we have some people, you'd be like, I'm in a marital mayday. I'm, I'm in a mayday, Ed, in the marketplace. I'm in a moral dilemma, a moral mayday. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We need help, we need rescuing. When you become a follower of Christ, you have to say pretty much, mayday, mayday, mayday. I need help. I'm, I'm crashing, I'm gonna burn. Mayday, mayday, mayday. It's interesting how we have to say that. We have to face the bad news before we hear the good news. Mayday, mayday, mayday. Maybe today in May is your day and it's your mayday. Maybe today is your mayday moment. Maybe today is your time. Maybe it's, it's your now. I'm going to go through and talk a little bit about mayday. I'm going to argue God's case. I'm going to tell you why today should be your mayday. Because all of us will face death. All of us have a mayday, mayday, mayday moment when it comes to our mortality. We're going to face God one day. And some will say, mayday, mayday, mayday. It'll be too late. Others, though, because we've said mayday, mayday, mayday on the right side of the dirt, because we've been rescued by the Lord, we're not going to say that when our ticket is punched and we face the Lord. So you're in either one of two groups. The book of Acts, Acts chapter two, tells us the history of the church. Have you ever wondered, I mean, why do we have a church anyway? Why, why churches? I mean, well, the church is the body of Christ. The church began in Jerusalem. It began after Jesus died on the cross for our sins, which happened during the feast of Passover, when he rose again, which happened during the Feast of First Fruits, and I'm 
just giving you some background of Leviticus chapter 23, which talks about the feasts on the Jewish calendar. Then we have Pentecost, which is the formation of the church, that feast, and the, the, the giving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, though, had to die. He had to rise again. He had to ascend for the Holy Spirit to come. So the model is for the church, Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, the church went out, and people came in. That's just a, a basic, simple, not shallow, detailed look, the Wikipedia look at the church. Well, let's get specific and look at the church. Don't you love this new technology? Well, it's not really new. This, this piece of technology is about 10 years old, but I want you to watch me, Mr. Technology, as we go through this. Now, thankfully, our team can override my mistakes up here. So I won't make too many. But, but watch this, watch this. Index finger, you ready for this? Look, 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 look. Boom! Say that with me. Boom! Technology. This talks about, remember, the church. It talks about a bunch of people, thousands saying, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Simon Peter was uh, one of the disciples of Jesus, and, and he went on record and said, Jesus, I'll never diss you. I'll, I'll, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And Jesus said, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you will. And he did. He, he, he cursed. He, he totally turned his back on Jesus. He betrayed Jesus. Then after Jesus rose again, he reinstated him. Simon Peter became one of the leaders of the early church. So he's just preached this message during the feast of Pentecost. And Pentecost to the Jews back in Leviticus 23 celebrated when the law was given. Of course, now, those of us who are believers, it's a celebration of the church and a celebration of the Holy Spirit that's been given. So Simon Peter has, has preached this message, this courageous message. And check out what the people, what, what, what the people did. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. What's the heart? Well, the heart is the seat of self. It's the essence of who you are and who I am. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They were pretty much saying, mayday, mayday, mayday. What should we do? Look at that. Right here. Simon Peter replied. Oh, now, watch this, watch this, watch this. It's going to get crazy. One, two, three, what's the word? Oh my goodness. Somebody slap somebody. No, don't do that, but say, I love technology. Just tell your neighbor that. <laughs> Repent. That's the first thing you said. And then, and be Right now, as far as technology, I am on fire. 
Repent. What does repent mean? Because you don't hear a lot of talk about repentance these days. It's just not really popular, even from pastors. It's like, oh, your miracle is coming. You've got to have enough faith. And God just wants to bless your life. And he wants to give you this breakthrough. Rarely do we talk, we talk about it here, but I'm talking about Christianity at large, about repentance. I mean, that's not fun. It's not easy. Repentance, it means a change of mind, a change of direction. It's like we, we have this reception of sin and a rejection of Jesus. Then we repent and we have a reception of Jesus and a rejection of sin. Does that make sense? That's repentance. I change my mind. I change my direction. I, I say, I'm not living that way anymore. I'm making a about face. I repent. Repent. It has to do with reception and rejection. Repentance. Have you repented? I, I mean, have you repented? Because in the New Testament, when someone repented, when they turned from their sin, boom, they were baptized. So you repented, then you were, boom, baptized. So I made this word up. I made it up today. You ready for this? Do you want to learn a new word? I made it up. Re, I'm a terrible speller, so. Re, Repent, yeah. Repentize, repentize. That's, okay, no, no, no. That's, and that's theologically true. You repent, boom, boom, you're baptized. It wasn't like, well, I'm gonna wait till next month when uh, Grandma Eva can be here and, 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 and Uncle John and, all my cousins, I mean, that's okay, cool. But back in the New Testament, repentize. You repented, you became a follower of Christ, then you were baptized. Baptism is preaching a sermon. Baptism shows that you are a follower of Christ. Have you, I just gotta ask you, have you repented? Have you become a follower of Christ? Have you made that decision? So I wanna argue God's case, as I said, about repentance, and I'll get back to baptism in a second, but very quickly, reasons to make this day your May Day. God wants this day to be your May Day. God wants you to say, May Day, May Day, May Day. Okay, what are the reasons? The urgency of repentance. That's it. Repentance. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Repent. Wait a minute, Ed, are you telling me all I've got to do is change the direction, is to say, you know what, I'm not going to embrace sin anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be this person who has this reception of sin and rejection of Jesus. No, no, no. I am going to have this reception of Jesus and the rejection of sin. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to turn away from that. That's right. That's right. It's that simple. It's not shallow. 
And the reason it's so simple is, can you imagine if this was hard? I mean, it would eliminate a lot of us. The billionaire and the person on welfare both come to Christ the same way. The urgency of repentance. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now. What's wrong with now? What's wrong with now? Another reason, the certainty of death. I just kind of have said that already. We're going to die. Because we're going to die, um, you know, we, we need to repent. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. You know who said that? Jesus, he was telling a story about a guy who wasn't prepared for death. He'd stack up all the stuff. Squillions and squillions of dollars, yet he wasn't ready. So often we're cursed by being blessed. Not from God's blessings, I'll talk about that in a second, but from man's blessings. If you say, you know what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, if you thumb your nose in God's face, shake your puny fist at God, he'll say, you know what, you, you want to you wanna make money? I'll give you money. Here, well, I'll all that. I know people who have all this money. You probably know some, we, we see these people, some of them, billions and billions. Yeah, on one perspective, they're blessed as far as man's perspective. I think God lets them chase that. They know, though, the emptiness of it down deep. They're in a mayday, mayday, mayday situation. Other people say, well, God, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to chase pleasure. And God will let you chase pleasure. Sleep with this person, that person, this high, this buzz. Oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. You'll be like the porn star that we interviewed a while back right here, making all this money, having all this sex, having all this acclaim, one of the most broken, one of the emptiest people I've ever met in my life. So, hey, go for it. God will let you go for it. Do it. But I'm telling you, I don't care how much money, how much sex, how much pleasure you have. One day, mayday, mayday, mayday. Popularity? Likes, clicks, followers, same thing. Oh, go, go for it. God will say, do it. Do what you want to do. Go for it. You're a big boy. You're a big girl. I mean, I have the best in store for you, but you do what you want to do. We have that freedom of choice. Mayday, mayday, mayday. There's some other reasons too. The emergency of termination. Now, this is really scary because Jesus told a story about a wedding and the point of the story is that you can't become a follower of Christ anytime you want. One day, God will stop pursuing you. Now, you're not going to hear that talked about a lot. That's not going to be on coffee mugs or T-shirts. You're not going to hear worship songs about that. <laughs> but it's Bible. Once the head of the house gets up, who do you think that is, and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, saying, let me in. 
Lord, open up. And check out what he's gonna say. I don't know where you're from. We can come to a point, friends, where our hearts become so hardened with sin, we're past the point. We're, we're, we're at no return. I don't know when that time is for you. I, I have no idea. I'm just sharing with you what Jesus said. There is a point, though. Do you remember back in the Old Testament, for example, when Moses asked Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Moses said, let my people go. He said, no, no. And God sent more and more stuff, more and more plagues, more and more devastation. And finally, the Bible says his heart was hardened. If we continue to reject the love and the grace of God, our heart becomes calloused and we reach a point where we're done. Again, that's why I would beg you to make this day your May Day. How about this? There's the currency of blessings. I mean, I want these blessings. You're going, what do you mean blessings? Well, most people don't have this list that I'm going to share with you. I'm talking about the blessings of God here. Have you ever thought about this? A clear conscience, purpose, power and strength, life and peace, help with weakness, confidence, fulfillment, security, freedom. Most people don't have those. Now, they try to find them away from God, but most people don't have them. God has them in store for you and me if we repent. Your wrongdoing has turned these blessings away. Your sin has robbed you. Wow, robbed you, robbed you of good. Hmm. Have you repented? The Bible says if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, he will save us. Repent. 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 That's it. You did that. But repentize. How about this baptism thing? Now, whenever I talk about baptism, you know, questions arise. And body language. I was sprinkled. Well, my wife was sprinkled as a Lutheran. And I'm not saying at all your baptism didn't take. I'm just going to argue God's position on baptism. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Obviously, it was a mayday, mayday situation. Those who, here we go, look at this, accepted, that's the first thing, Those who accepted his message, the message of repentance, the message of forgiveness, the message of the gospel, what happened? They were baptized. That's second. Every time in scripture you have someone being baptized, first, first, 
they said, Jesus, take control of my life. First, they received Christ. Baptismal questions. You've got them. I used to have them too. The first one is the bassinet question. The bassinet question. Should we baptize babies? Great question. Or should we baptize those who are old enough to make a faith decision? Well, let me see. You know, I began to search years ago for infant baptism in the Bible. Surely it's here. I know it's here. The, um, and surely there, it's not here. I went to seminary and have done doctrinal studies and have talked to really bright theologians and no babies were baptized in the Bible. Hmm. So when we have a question, we don't say, what does Ed say? Definitely not. We say, what does the Bible say? And that's why we baptize after someone is old enough to make a faith decision. So once again, awesome that you were baptized as an infant. Cool. That was for your parents and a celebration that you're going to be brought up in a Christian home, etc. However, I would challenge you to be baptized the way Jesus tells us to be baptized after you've made a faith decision, which is being immersed underwater. So many people that we've baptized over the years have been sprinkled before. So it's adding to, not erasing what happened. So the bassinet question. The tide question. Can the waters just clean my sin? No. You can get baptized a million times a day and still bust hell wide open. <laughs> oh, the lawyer question. I love this. You know, lawyers love to argue, and I have great friends who are lawyers. They're always arguing, you know. I mean, you can argue about anything. You know what's so funny? I sometimes try to ask lawyers direct questions like a yes or no question. They won't give you a yes or no. <laughs> uh, theoretically, generally speaking, Allegedly, I could argue that really I could argue this is really not technology. I can argue that. Well, you know, anyway. Can you be a believer and go to heaven without being baptized? Technically, yes. Yes. You remember the criminal on the cross who became a believer? Jesus didn't say, hey, jump down from the cross and then get baptized. No. Read Hebrews chapter 11, all the men and women of faith, they weren't baptized. So yeah, technically, if you're a lawyer, yes, yes. You could, it's, it's, it's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus baptism. However, if you're able, get baptized. And we've had people over the years, some have been paralyzed who have entered the waters of believer's baptism. Is that, is that, is that cool? It's unbelievable. The mechanic question. Man, I wish I was mechanical, but I'm not. I mean, how should I get baptized? Well, by immersion. Because when we have a question, we say, what does the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me, say? And, and, and we, we say, immersion. If you've been sprinkled, spritzed, poured, cool, the way to get baptized is what the Bible says, and that's by immersion. Scholars tell us that Jesus went 27 miles out of the way. Walk 27 miles out of the way just to be baptized by immersion. Because when you're under the water, that's your old life. You're identifying with the death, burial, 
Jesus and his resurrection. And the water symbolized the cleansing, the forgiveness of all of our sins. So it's a powerful illustration, public illustration, of a private decision. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.